What's up guys, Key Michael here, professional volleyball player, Olympian, photographer, YouTuber, and now podcaster. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but I've been playing volleyball professionally for 10 years and I want to shed a little bit of light on what that means, especially in the era of 2020 and COVID. So I booked a flight, rented a car, and I set off throughout Europe to meet professional female volleyball players and tell their stories. Because as you guys know, we're all so much more than just an athlete. And that's what's born this series, The Volley Bubble. So be sure to hop on over to YouTube and see all the behind the scenes of trainings and in the homes of the guests on this show. But for now, just sit back and enjoy a raw and candid conversation between two professional female athletes. You guys, welcome to my very first Volley Bubble guest. This is so exciting. I'm so excited and so nervous at the same time. <laughs> so basically, I was explaining. This is Melina Terrell. She Hello. plays in Bezieres. And I was explaining to you just earlier that I don't really have a huge plan for this podcast. I don't have any, like, questions or interview questions. I just thought it would be so cool to have two players just speaking to each other, two experienced professional volleyball players, and just, like... Just let something organic happen, you know? Exactly. That's, that's the exactly. beauty of it. Yeah. And the whole point of this channel that I started was to kind of bring professional volleyball to the masses, to anyone who's curious, right. anyone who, like us, we spoke about this earlier, didn't really have an idea of what it would be like to go pro. Like, there was no roadmap. There were no, you know, there was no instruction manual. There were no YouTube videos. So right. I just want people to understand what it's like and what it looks like. So that's what we're doing here. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess, first of all, well, actually, I first want to say that this is a huge, like, full circle moment for me, because right. for those of you guys that, that don't know us, uh, which is probably most of you, <laughs> we met about a year ago. In Bibione. In Bibione, which is this huge volleyball tournament for anyone who's not Italian. There are, like, 25,000 people there. It's probably, one of the, it's probably one of the biggest beach volleyball tournaments, like, in the world, like... As far as the amount of people, as far as how many courts there are, it's it's insane. It's insane, and the level is super. Actually, the level's pretty mixed. There are some people that just have no idea what they're doing, but there are some very talented athletes and very talented volleyball players. And you, <laughs> you rocked up. You you can tell the story maybe better than I. So the the actually the first time I went to Bibione was back in 2017. That was the first time I had heard about it and last minute decided to play in the tournament and my partner at the time it was cool like the level is pretty good i mean you've got the top italian players you know french players there you've got some brazilians there people from all over the world um so we finished top seven that year and then that was 2017 so in 2018 um i was also back in bibione coaching beach camps mm -hmm. and then i met a girl her name was uh, dorota and she was just like, hey, I heard you played last year. Uh, we should play together. And I wasn't planning on playing at that time, but I was just like, cool, why not? Like, it's an opportunity to play beach volleyball. This tournament is super fun. And then she's like, okay, well, by the way, like, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't take it too seriously. I'm four months pregnant. So I'm like, all right, cool. We just have, have fun with it, you know? Mm -hmm. We end up making it to the finals and poor girl, she's like overheating. She's like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm like, listen, let's just take the second place money. We're good. I'm fine. Like, 
your health is more important than, you know, than anything right now. She's like, no, let's go. We're going to play in the finals. And so we won it. So that was Super cool. Super cash. She's like, we won it. That was cool. I mean, it's like. 25,000 people go to this tournament every year. Like, it is such a big deal to win it. So that alone was so cool. <laughs> it didn't really dawn on me, like, how big it was when, like, the next year people were like, ah, you were in the paper last year. And I was like, wait, what? And then when you win, like, the party is huge. That spritz party with all mm-hmm. those people. I mean, I knew it was a big deal when I got lifted up into the crowd. I mean, I got proposed to like three times that <laughs> night. So, oh, so much fun. Just especially because this tournament is around the end of volleyball season when you're just kind of like yeah. taking off the knee pads, putting the shoes on the shelf for a little bit. Well, for me, at least I can't speak for national team athletes because they never get a break. Yeah. But for me, like I was able to just kind of like, okay, vacation time. I love beach volleyball. Let me go and have fun at this tournament. And then just winning it was huge. So then the next year, 2019 was the year that I met you. Mm-hmm. I played again, the doubles with uh, a friend of mine, uh, ex, ex, uh, ex teammate uh, from uh, college. And, you know, we didn't do that great, but you know, I thought you were in the finals again. We were not in the finals. Let me tell you. Oh wait, in the triples you were in the finals. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, so okay. last minute, I got on a triples team, and these were two the two girls that won the doubles. Uh-huh. So they picked me up last minute, and like you know, whatever. I was already out of the doubles, and um, we didn't do. Now that I think about it, we didn't do that bad. I think we got like top ten. I mean, think about how many <laughs> how many teams are in this yeah. tournament, like. Top 10 is not so bad. Top 10 is amazing. It's pretty good. (laughs) So with these two girls that won doubles and picked me up, like, you know, I'm I'm tired because, you know, at at this point when you're out, you know, you don't make it to the finals. You just kind of go and have a good time. We won the triples. (laughs) So (laughs) you guys just go like super cash. Yeah. And then, you know, and then we won. And that's how, that's why it was so funny for me because I remember when I met you and you were like, oh yeah, and we won it last year. And I was like, hold wait. the phone, wait, what? Did I just, did you just say you, you what? You won it last year? Yeah, yeah, we won it. So it's super cool to have two gold medals in the Bibione Beach Volley, the Mizuno Crazy. Beach Volley Marathon. And, you know, one doubles and one triple. And it was super cool because you came and you were taking pictures and stuff like that. So that is where we met. That is where we met. And that is where we realized that we, you know, started name dropping, who we played with, who (laughs) we know, all this stuff. So And this is the thing, like in professional volleyball, I feel like you, you see the faces of other players. Like you and I had played against each other probably for like two or three years before that. I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but we had at least played that season before. That season before. This is when you were in Malouse. Malouse? Wait. Was that my first year in Bézier? My first year in Bézier was 2018, 2019. Oh, that would have been my... Wait, what did we just just have? 1920. Okay, so that would have been my second season in Malouse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah, we had yeah. played against each other. We did already one one season and recognized each other, and that's it the thing. Go well. You kind of, you, but you <laughs> kind of see each other, and you're well. like, I know you from some, and you yeah. had like the pineapple hair. We were talking yeah. about this earlier yeah. in your apartment. <laughs> we I, we just did an apartment tour. She was ta- you were talking about how special 
my well, pineapple hair. Are. When it's in the pineapple, it's not yeah. in it now, but yeah. Uh-huh. So cool. But anyway, to go just to bring it back, though, the reason this is a, like a full circle moment for me is because after we met, we were speaking online and, you know, we just we stayed in touch a little bit because we mm-hmm. have kind of, you know, we get along. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell, we get along. <laughs> um, and we were speaking on Instagram, I think. No, so here's what happened. I was with my teammates and I was talking about something. And one of them was like, Melina, you should totally start a podcast because you literally talk about everything. Like, I don't know. I have something to say about everything, about food, about (laughs) the planets, about the earth, about... I don't like politics, but sometimes about politics, about uh, spirituality, about Mm -hmm. sex, about... Did I say food? No, I did. About food. (laughs) A lot about food. I I can talk for days about anything because I just enjoy... The human interaction and mm-hmm. just talking with people about stuff and so then i did a poll on instagram and was like who thinks i should do a podcast and i got a decent amount of yes votes and a couple of no's they're like stick to volleyball like no hey. who said that i don't remember but somebody haters. said that um <laughs> but then you had commented I, I think I wrote you directly and was like, yes, you've got to do you it. Like, totally like, do it. If you feel it, like, go for it. Don't <laughs> be scared. Like, you know, don't worry about what anyone else thinks. You can right. be more than just a volleyball player. Because I was having all these emotions about, like, becoming, like, you know, doing films and starting a YouTube right. channel. And I think I, I comment, like, I made this comment to you. Yeah. And you... You were like, yes, like totally. And then, and then I said like, cause I'm thinking also about doing a YouTube channel and like, what do you think? And you're like, yeah, go for it. I was just like, you need to go for it. Like you've got the first down, just why not? Like you've got the eye, you've got everything. Just start filming, just go. And that was literally like, that was the push that I needed yeah. to actually start. Like I, I think I had, I had kind of molded over in my head and I, I knew it was something I wanted to do, but then you know, you, oh, I think what you had like reposted what I had said to you and I was like, oh no, now it's real. Now it's like a real thought that's out in the world, out in the universe. I think you, you panicked a little bit. I, I, was pa- like, I panicked I was like, hardcore. Please. No, like I'm so glad you did because it needed that sort of like mm. to make it real, to make it concrete. Like, okay, yeah, now yeah, I've said yeah. it. Now people, you know, not that anyone, you know, even knew it was my comment or it was my thought, but I was like, well, now I got to do it. And that was literally the day, I think, or like that week. I that think I week, posted. that was when you like decided like, I'm going to do it for good. Yeah. And-, and I posted my first video and I literally have not posted, stopped posting videos right. since that moment. And that was like a year ago, probably around a year About, ago. About, I mean, it's, yeah, because I'm in the middle of preseason now. A, a little over a year ago. Yeah. That's crazy. So I have anyone who's watching this, you all have Melina to thank for the fact, or, or to or not to thank. It depends on but, if you like watching yeah. these videos or not. But now we're literally starting a podcast. That's super it's, cool. It's I've never been on. I've I've never I've been a guest on someone's like radio podcast, but like a live one, like on video, like this. This is pretty cool. I don't know how it's gonna turn out, and I, I'm I'm genuinely. I feel like it's one of those things I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm naive enough to think that I do, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm like, sure, I can make a podcast, but I have zero idea how to do that. But hey, so we're, we're just going to discover as we go. I don't know we're gonna, how it goes. But hey, like we, like we were speaking about earlier today at my place, it's like when you have that, you know, um, creative mindset, when you're just naturally a creative, you know, like things just come and you just kind of, you have that confidence. You just be like, well... 
however it comes out that that just is what it is it's yeah. like any other kind of artist you know whether you know when you're creating something whether you're a chef and you're you know you're freestyling with spices and you're like i have no idea if this is gonna taste good <laughs> but i'm just gonna go ahead like exactly uh, and you create it and you try it and then you you decide and the next time you do something a little bit different or a little bit different and you like you just have to take those steps to start something you know yeah. i feel like we as humans as adults more specifically yeah we're so scared to make mistakes we're so we're so scared to, just to take a risk take a risk or mm. do something new or look stupid or be judged like but if you think like i think about this all the time if i had said to myself when i was that 15 year old girl starting to play volleyball you're not good enough like you you didn't make the varsity team like you're you're just right. you'll never go anywhere with it it's embarrassing because you can't I couldn't even serve overhand yeah flash forward ten years like that has been my life volleyball has been my whole life and if I were I mean, scared to follow through with it because of what I looked like or because of you know I was going to be judged like whole your whole life could could be in a completely totally different, different direction so yeah what you tell yourself is huge you know so what I mean it's huge. You know, what, what do they say? It's like whether you tell yourself you can or you can't, like... You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. 100%. 100%. So... And, yeah. and especially in athletics, I, I... This is totally random and off topic, but I met a lady in the laundromat a couple of days ago because... <laughs> I ha- yeah, like I'm on the I'm traveling and I'm doing all my laundry and on the go, and we had this super in-depth conversation exactly about that about how you you know, your thoughts and your your words are your reality. You know, absolutely. Like, everything that you say to yourself, if you had a friend who was constantly putting you down or telling you you weren't good enough or just like berating you, she wouldn't be your friend for very long. Right? Absolutely not. And just imagine, like, the person in your head is basically your best friend. Mm -hmm. So if if your best friend is not telling you positive, uplifting, encouraging things, like, she doesn't need to be around. And that's so huge uh, just in in sport. Like, everything always goes back to, like, that when we talk about, like, athletics and, like, what you're telling yourself on the court and stuff like that. For example, I'm working with a... Need to speak with her soon. I started working with a sports psych. Mm. Berut. Yes. Yes. Hi, Free. <laughs> Another mutual friend of us. And um, so we've done some really cool exercises where um, there was one specifically that I loved when we talk about this journey that you're on. And it's like you've got your ship and then you've got your crew. And it's like you know, in order for things to go well on your ship, on this journey, like everything's got to be going smoothly with your crew. Yeah. And so you need to identify who those people are in your crew. So when you're kind of relating that to like self in your crew or those voices. Yeah. And so we started identifying who the crew of my ship is. Ooh, I like that. That's interesting. Super, super cool. And you know, there was different ones. There, she was like, okay, just name different ones. Who do you have? Like when I'm, and this was me describing, you know, kind of myself, the different parts of myself. You know, the I don't remember have them. I have them written down, but I don't remember them. But it's just like, for example, I've got the, you know, the energetic one, the the positive one, the strong one, the physically strong one. Uh, the smart one, the 
let's see. Did you already say the funny one? Because I, I did I say know the, the funny I one. Know the, I know the, the, the funny, funny one. Is like, there's the clown. The clown. <laughs> yeah. There's the, the clown. Then there's the the creative one. The one that's yeah. always trying to find a way to to do things. Um, and then there was the negative one. And then this is the one where we really had to work on. Um, the weak link. Okay. And or the weak one. Okay. The weak one. So she was just like, okay, so what does this weak one look like? You know, what does mm. she sound like? And, you know, when she, when things aren't going wrong in the ship, you know, I'm like, well, her body language sucks. She's just kind of down. She maybe wears dark clothes and all this stuff. Like we had to identify who this girl is. And, and like, it's like build a character that you can see and yeah. like really, yeah. And really, you know, understand who yeah. she is and why she you know, when does she come around? When does she start acting out? Yeah. And so this was really cool because it's like this little weak one, weak link. This is that person in that crew that could possibly be coming, you know, popping in your head during the match when things aren't going well. Yeah. And when things aren't going well into your life. And so what this, you know, what my sports psych had to tell me was like, okay, instead of trying to get rid of her, she wants to be acknowledged because she's a part of the ship, right? Everybody on the ship is important. All of those voices, all of your characteristics, all of you know who you are is important. Yeah. So it's like, you have to take care of everybody. Right. So it's like, okay, she may be the weak one. She may pop up and say in the middle of a game, right? Things are not going well. The weak one will come out and be like, man, you suck at passing. You keep getting blocked. It's like, all right. And maybe that's because I was, you know, dealing with something that day. But it's like, all right, we're going to we're not going to try and put you away. But week one, we're going to put you on the shelf for right mm -hmm. now. We're going to put you in the corner and we'll deal with you later. We'll come back to you because you are important. Mm -hmm. That feeling is important and you have to address it later on so that you can move on. So then that's how we're like, all right, she's there. Let me just put her on the shelf and let me focus on the rest of the game and then we'll deal with her later. And that just changed my mind completely on, you know, how to deal with like my emotions and my feelings during the game, during the match. Yeah. Whether if I'm going through something in life or not, because the stuff that we go through in life can affect us on the court. Totally. It can affect us in totally. practices. It's just like, so how do we, you know, keep all of that balanced? And so, you know, that exercise, identifying who is all in my crew yeah and how do i take care of them who do i who needs who they all need each other to function to keep the ship going on this journey of life and i even thought about writing a book after this after this i thought about writing a book about um the journey yeah. that I've been on yeah. and like a, an actual book about like these different characters and oh my what's happened God, you should. in these different and like kind of the, you know, it would kind of be based around like the events that have happened in my life yeah. and how each of these characters have played a part in them, each of these characters in my brain and like, you know, which ones were active in this situation or in this, you know, life event and stuff like that. I have it written down somewhere, but like oh my I gosh. was afraid to start it, so no. I didn't. No, what afraid of who? <laughs> afraid of what? I don't know. Especially like, with things like writing, if you start it, yeah. like you don't have to show it to anyone until you're right. ready. Like just start. Right. Just start. Absolutely.
But I love that that you say about about having that character and, and putting her on the shelf if it's the wrong time for her to come out because mm-hmm. that that brings the control back to you. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, like um, meditation. There's a, they say that sort of like feelings come and go like clouds, right? And Absolutely. You, it's not that you just ignore them or try and push them out. It's like let them come in, mm-hmm. let them be, recognize them, and then and they'll go. And it's the same thing. I feel like with these characters, you know, that it's not the same character every time, but just. Yeah. As she comes in, give her space, let her be, put her on the shelf maybe, don't give her, you know, the whole stage. Yeah. But don't totally... Don't try to shut her out because it's like she's still a part of the crew. Yeah. And she also is there for, you know, to remind you how strong you are. Yeah. She's also there for breakthrough. You know what I mean? Because nothing is ever going to go smoothly. You kind of need those weak moments to help you grow, to make you stronger. For sure. You kind of need to have those feelings of like, dang, I'm feeling sorry for myself right now. And then you got to have ways to come back up. So, you know, at, at the end of this conversation, at the end of this exercise, I was just like, all right, she she's useful. She does mean something. Uh, so it's crazy because it, it became a she. It was a yeah. she. Like, yeah. you know, she has a name. What did I name her? Ah, I named her Le Cane. No, you did You want to know why? Yes. Because... Like, by the way, if anyone is watching this that isn't playing in France or doesn't know that, they're a team in France. Yes. Close to here. And I named her Le Canet because uh, Berit asked me, so when has the week one come up, like, in, in your life? Right. And so I went back, like, to just events where... I felt like I was just weak, mm. you know, and these were maybe more, you know, in my like adult, like teenage adult life, you yeah. know, where I just felt less of a person, you know, because mm. I mean, when you're young, when you're a kid, like you don't really know what those feelings are. You don't really understand, yeah. you know, what those things are until maybe you get older, teenage or stuff like that. So the most recent time that the week one had come about was during that match against Le Canet in February. And, you know, that was just a tough time. Mm. And so she needed a name. Yeah. And her like name that. was Le Canet. <laughs> That's how I she, like that. Because that was the, yeah, that was the last time that I had really felt weak because that was probably the worst match of my season all year last year. Mm. And I had a great season. That was my one of the better seasons of my career. Again, an understatement. A best. Uh, you, I think you were the best score. Most, most best best scorer. I can't even speak it. Yeah. Be- best scorer of the entire French league. So yeah, I guess I guess you had an all right season. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just you know when you've been working so hard for years to mm. to make a name for yourself. You know, not. For other people to know you, but for you to know you, for you to know what you're capable of. Yes. Um, it's just, it's been, a, it's been a journey, you know, on this voyage, on this ship. It's been quite the trip. So, I mean, that game just like, it stuck with me for a while. I was really like, I was hard on myself. I was disappointed in myself at that time. But okay, a couple of weeks later, the league shut down and then we were in quarantine. So, you know. So you never know what's going to happen. You just never know. But I love that, like, I feel like a lot of people wonder how they'll see someone like you and be like, oh, top scorer in the league, like, top of her game, like, doing awesome on a team that's, you know, was competing at the top level and, you know, was mm. had a chance to win the whole league, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
like just to hear that you have those days, that you have those struggles, that you have those self-doubts, like nobody can escape those things unless you're a robot. Never. No, I don't, I don't know anyone who doesn't have moments of, of low confidence or not feeling good enough or not feeling strong enough. And I, I feel like if anyone gets anything from this conversation, I want you to, I just want you to know that you are good enough. Like all you have to do is show up, give what you can give. And that's all anyone can ask of you. And I love your story as well, because you didn't start out in Italy A1. You didn't start out in the top of the French League. Like, <laughs> yeah, please, please tell everyone because you are an amazing player and everyone sees oh, that now. I appreciate that. <laughs> but you started, you know, you had to scrape your way to where you are, you know? So, okay, I'll try to keep it short and simple. Um, <laughs> but I, well, I went to the University of San Francisco mm-hmm. and, um, we weren't ever really a top 25 school. So, I mean, as far as like a lot of players that are coming over that played in the NCAA tournament and Elite Eight, Sweet 16, Final Four, I ain't it. Like, <laughs> that was never me, you know what I mean? But, you know, regardless of that, I eventually, you know, started to find out a little bit about playing pro volleyball and I was like, I want a shot. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So then I wrote my agent. Ryan, I hope you're watching this. You definitely <laughs> I love, are. Yeah. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> I wrote him a novel. Uh-huh, I'm like, uh-huh. listen, I know I'm not All-American. I'm not USA national team. Never have been in my mind. Never would be, you know. But I really want to play professionally overseas. I don't know what I have to do, but I'll do whatever I need to do. Like, please represent me. Like, I'll work my ass off. I'll do whatever it takes to make it like, just give me a chance. Mm. Because in my mind, it's like, dang, he's wor- working with, you know, pros that, you know, girls that are way high level than me. Like, I hope he gives, I was hoping like, I hope he gives me a chance, right? you know? And so he, you know, that kind of touched him a bit and he felt like how hungry I was and he saw my film and was like, okay, so, how are we going to do that? Um, you know, we're going to push you, but you're not going to be a middle blocker. I was a middle blocker in college. Um, I'm sure you were awesome. I, I, I didn't, that laugh came up just because I know how good you are at your position now, but I'm, I'm guessing you were awesome at middle as well. I definitely wasn't the blocking middle. Mm. I was more the attacker, you know, mm. I, I was there to score, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but this particular year, my senior year, we were doing some weird mess where like I rotated in as a middle, but we ran a, a double sub okay. and I attacked once on the left, once in the middle, one rotation on the right. That is bizarre. Super bizarre. So it's like I had this film of me attacking in all three positions, but never playing back row, never right. passing, sometimes serving. So it's like, how do you market a player like that to high level teams? Yeah. Like, especially during that time, like just how, you know what I mean? Mm. Shh. She can't pass. She's a a middle blocker, like, you know, so he basically was just like, listen, I'm not marketing you as a middle blocker. We're gonna put you as an outside hitter. You're probably gonna get a very, you know, a, a job that's not so high level in Europe, but it's not about that. It's not about money right now. It's not about um, getting to the highest level. You just need to get your foot in the door. Yeah. You just need to get over to Europe. So that's what I tell so many players who write me and they're like, oh, I don't know if I I'm like just get in, just get show what here. you can do for your first year. Yeah. 
And so um, I ended up in Denmark, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's it's known to be a not so high level league. It's known to be one of the lower levels. But like that was where I needed to start. That was where I needed to start at a new position to learn again what it's like to play six rotations in position six you know, receiving. I had mm. Kristen Carlick. She was, uh, she actually played at University of Colorado and Colorado State. Uh, she was an American. She was the head coach. And so when I okay. tell you, Denmark is a place where you practice maybe four times per week. Okay. Four <laughs> times. You, you Just to put it in perspective, like sometimes we'll train three times Per day, day in France yes. or in Germany. <laughs> so this was four times per week. So a lot of downtime, a lot of time to, you know, train. Of course, I was working out as much as I could. Um, but then if I could get into the gym for extra reps, I was like, coach, like, can we do some reception? You know what I mean? Because we had a lot of young girls that were in school. If we had a morning off, I was just like, I want to pass today. I want, like, yeah. I, reps. I, it, it didn't matter. You know, I needed to, to get better. So, um my agent told me like, if you want to get out of Denmark, you gotta, you gotta take over that league. You've got to be the best attacker, top scorer, best server, all of that. Like, that's what you need to do. Yeah. So, I did that. I made it. I made it. <laughs> so I did it. She I says. made it. I, I told myself, okay, this is what you gotta do if you want to get out of Denmark. If you want to make it, you know, to a higher level in Europe, do that. Mm-hmm. So I had all those goals. That was when I tested out meditating and journaling, and you know listening to podcasts, I started, you know, paying more attention to my health, what I was putting into my body, you know, educating myself on all different types of stuff on sleep and nutrition and, you know, water and refueling. And it just, you know, that mm. it was the start of the journey. So, um, yeah, I, I knocked down those goals and then I went to Germany, uh, my next season. That was my second season. Eh. Didn't really play, <laughs> kind of. That was that was a tough year. I can I can say that. That's that's all that needs to be said. That was a tough year. Um, I actually at the end of that season, before um, our team went bankrupt, and then I ended up. What getting, team was this? Navarro Straubing. Navarro Straubing. They're in like Lower Bavaria area. They're like about an hour away from Munich. Okay, because I, I, I played in Germany, but that I don't recognize that name, so they must not have been in. So this was the say. first year in the first league for them. Okay. And like, oh, it was tough. It was hard because I mean, Denmark, Germany. Yeah. Huge leap, and you I know, would say, would you say Bundesliga Germany is like on par with France? Yeah. And it's and it's a very tall league, I think. As These well. girls were big, yeah. like tall. Like I've, I mean, I'm not six foot. I'm one seventy eight. 510 so like i'm not short but over there i'm definitely not tall uh-huh. you know so it that you was can new jump. you're she she absolutely jumps through the roof so i'm it sure that definitely that helps, helps. me on the volleyball court now yeah. especially playing pro because these girls were tall like it was mm-hmm. nothing like i'd ever seen. i mean yeah we had height in ncaa but like it's just different it's different mm-hmm. volleyball you know different level different culture different style of play um so but yeah i did not play that year and it was that was hard because that was the first time i had ever really just like got comfortable on the bench Mm. not saying i accepted being on the bench i worked my butt off but it just wasn't 
just how things were it just wasn't gonna happen yeah um and i honestly after that year that was one of the times that le cane appeared <laughs> yeah, our friend Lake Our friend Lake Hane. Because I thought about quitting volleyball after that. Really? Yeah, it got that bad. It got and that was, bad. Was that because you felt like your, your play wasn't good enough? You felt like you weren't at the right level? Or was it just because your coach had put you on the bench and you felt like now that's where you belong? Everything. All of that. I felt like I was not worthy of a player. I was just like, dang, I'm really not that good. Like, you know, oh, it was rough. Like, mm. The Molina you see now in front of you yeah. versus whoever that was over in Germany, it's not the same person. Like, you wouldn't recognize her. Like, if I would if I would go back and look at some of the pictures of myself, I would literally just be like, who is that poor mm. girl? Like, I feel really bad for her just because at that time, again, I had zero confidence in myself as a volleyball player. As a woman, I had lost, like, unhealthy weight. You know, because I was stressed. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in a kind of difficult relationship. And, you know, when you don't know how to balance, you know, your volleyball life and your, you know, your personal life, you know, I kind of just let everything crash yeah. and burn. And that's like, I felt that. I felt that so heavy. And it was the like the worst season I think I, I, I've ever had. And um, so the, our team went bankrupt that year. And then because we made it to top eight, mm. the team made it. We finished eighth and then hey, top eight, top eight. We finished, <laughs> we finished eighth and then we didn't have the money to play in the pre playoffs. What? I yeah. think like, that's it. That's made it. it to playoffs. Like, bye. La- listen, bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> bye, Felicia. <laughs> our last season, our last uh, sorry, the last match of the season. Like, you know, they won, everybody's happy, and my attitude was horrible at that too. I was just like, yay, we won, top eight, great. So we go into the locker room, and everybody's cheering, like, yay, we made it top eight, we're going to playoffs. And then coach is like, Ingrid has something to tell you. Ingrid is the secretary. She comes in and starts speaking in German. Everybody starts crying, and I'm just like, what? what's the problem now like <laughs> what's some, the drama guys like, somebody please explain to me what's happening you know like and the girls even the non-german girls who understood german because i didn't speak a lick of it mm-hmm. like they were like in tears and so i'm just like bro what's what just happened <laughs> and then one of the girls was like we can't play in the playoffs and i was just like why not and they were like because we don't have the money I was like, dang. Yes. Ciao, buddy. <laughs> like, I kid you not. No. I was so ready to be gone. Like, I was so happy. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm disappointed in that and who that, or that was now. But right, that right. was how I felt. Like, I was so ready to be out of Germany. And then... You know, I so wanted to. Did go- you go home? Did you? They sent you everyone home, and you just went back to the states, and that no. was it for the summer. No. I didn't go home. <laughs> oh, so this happened in March, and uh-huh. then um, I went and practiced a little bit with. Uh, I had a friend at the time who she was playing in uh, Berlin in Kopernik. Okay. Yeah. That when they were in the league at the time, and so I went to a couple, you know, practices just to stay in shape or whatever. Then I went home because I was just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Then all of a sudden, Ryan's like, you're going to Puerto Rico to finish their season. I was just like, wait, 
time out. <laughs> I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not, I'm mentally not ready to be going and playing in another league right now, especially not a league like Puerto Rico, which is like competitive, mm. high level. I and, don't, I don't know that much about the Puerto Rican league, but I have heard that you know a lot of USA players, a lot of college players, just go directly there. So yeah, so I mean, okay, but that was a chance to just kind of like, all right, you got another job, and then when I saw also like girls are making pretty good money in, in Puerto Rico. Mm. I was like, all right, I'll go there for about a month and a half to help finish, you know, I'll play in the, in the at the playoffs because they tend to do that. You know, they'll they'll pick up girls, you know, at the end of their season and girls that right. finish early that didn't make playoffs. If they could pick up somebody, if they like you, they'll bring you onto their Just team. Just to strengthen their team Just to for strengthen playoffs. their team, mm. yeah. Um, so I went there and immediately got to work. Um, I was on, I was playing with, uh, Indias Mayagüez and, um, we lost in the semifinals. So, I mean, it was cool. You know, we like for me to, to leave Germany in general and to go and be on this beautiful Island of Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. like you cannot imagine like just the, the moments of just like. I got a chance to take a deep breath there. Like, you know. A total change of vibe, totally different everything. scene. D- totally different you, I guess it sounds like. Yeah, on on its way. Like, mm-hmm. whatever was going on, I had to leave that mess in Germany. I mm-hmm, had to mm-hmm. leave it there. And even though there was still a little bit, you know, dragging, because I had to, I had to heal from all of that. Yeah. I had to heal from everything that was going on in my personal life. And then... Just, you know, how I was dealing with myself, how I was feeling with myself. Mm. I had to kind of just hit the restart button. And Puerto Rico was that. It wasn't the best experience ever. We didn't do great. I mean, I had to deal with, you know, I'm not going to lie. In Puerto Rico, your fans will boo you if you miss a serve. Really? Oh, yes. I will never forget. If anybody from my voice is watching this, I remember you. (laughs) I made I made a couple of the service errors and then the coach subbed me out and they were like clapping like get her out of here like no it's, it can be brutal in Puerto Rico but it can no also idea. be like their crowd that's just they're into it like you play against um against Caguas like the if you play against in in that gym oh man the atmosphere is crazy those like they. They just, they're such super fans, yeah. you know, for their team. You know what I mean? If you're the opposing team, you're in trouble. Like, it's rough. Do they get a lot of fans there or is it small gyms? Because I feel like in France here, sometimes you'll get really passionate fans, but mm-hmm. it feels bigger than it is because it's yeah. really small gym. And, you, and especially in Bizier, I remember playing against yeah, you guys. It's like yeah, being yeah. underwater because there's so much, the band's just the like bands, pumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but it's not, a hu- it's not a huge... But it's maybe a thousand people, Or right? so, yeah. Or, yeah. So, I mean, like... It depended on where, you know, sometimes they had huge stadiums, sometimes a little bit smaller, but like, yeah, they managed to have, there was a lot of fans there. Like I said, in Caguas and in San Juan mm. was like the main two away games where it was just like packed and, you know, those are, those are loyal fans. So, um, but even though that was tough, you know, sometimes like it just, it was just a change of scenery that I needed, mm. a complete change of everything. I mean, I would go to the beach. I literally lived right on the beach. Amazing. So I would go to the beach. I would meditate. 
And I was just like, all right, you're not going to quit volleyball. You just need to find your way now. Yeah. You just got to hit the restart button and just kind of keep climbing. Mm. So then after that, uh, I played at the adult nationals. So at this point, the only film I have to show for was a little bit of Puerto Rico, the adult nationals that were in Orlando um, that I played with Blizzard, uh, California Blizzard, uh, or SoCal Blizzard. Um, and then we went to, with this team, this semi-pro team, we went to Japan, played some friendly games, got some film wow. from there. Then we went to Belgrade, Serbia also to get some friendly games going, and that was awesome. So come September, I didn't have a contract. And so, you know, I'm at home, I'm training. I'm training just like ready, like, okay, if there's an injury, maybe there's a, a spot that'll open up. I just, mm -hmm. that was my thing, just Melina, stay ready for anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have a contract now, but maybe something will pop up. And um, so I think in October it was, teams are already in preseason, teams are getting ready to start in October. Yeah. I think it was October the, like, 10th or the 11th um at the time one of my friends she hit me up and was like hey uh our outside hitter is out you ready to come over and play where was this this was in finland oh right 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 okay and i was like yeah like did you got you know yeah we need a we need an outside hitter cool i'm i'm, I'm like sign me up ryan <laughs> what's up you know what yeah. i mean I was there in just three days. Yeah. I was there and just like after we got the official contract, I was there on the 15th. First match was the 18th of October. So um, they kind of, you know, didn't know if I was going to be an out or a receiver or, or an opposite. Um, long story short, I ended up being opposite for that team. We finished third at the bronze and I was the best server in that league that year. And then I, I can believe it. <laughs> I've seen your serve. <laughs> um, and then the team that we beat for the bronze mm. made an offer for me to come the next year. Right. And that's who I signed with. It was way up north in Cusimo. So I played for uh, Pelcu, Cusimo. And um, that was like another year also to like, well, the first year was a year to kind of reinvent myself, gain some confidence. You know, Finland is a little bit lower than Germany, but it was just like where I needed to be at. Yeah. And so my second year in Finland up north, that was my year. That was my year. I'm like, Melina, you're back. This is you. This mm -hmm. is the confidence you need to have in yourself. Like I was just shy of being a top scorer in that league, like just three points. But majority of the year I was at the top. Um, I was the best, the best server of the league. Um, so that second season in, in Finland was it. That was kind of like how I, that was how I got to France. Mm. That was how I got to Bézier. Um, so then fast forward, we get to Bézier. Uh, that was the year after they won the championship mm -hmm. with Crystal Rivers, very right. talented player. Um, so that situation was a bit pressure that I more right. than I needed to put on myself I think trying to fill her shoes that was what was consistently being said like in you're the, the next in, in the papers in you know 
that was just what was the, that was the, you know, that was what they needed. They needed someone to fill her shoes, someone that was going to help win another championship. And I let that get in here because I'm like, I don't jump as high as this girl. I don't, I'm not, I'm not her, you know? I'm yeah. And so that was when I kind of wasn't playing free. The confidence went down a bit. And the first half of my first year in Bézier was, was rough. It was, it was difficult because I was just like, how do I fit in with this level, with this club? It's due. They just, you know, they've got this pressure to be champions again. How do I do that? Like, mm. so it was like full circle. I was like, don't go back to Germany. Don't, you're, nope, you're yeah. not going back there. So for the first half, it was difficult. And then at some point, I just was like, all right, you know, just Malina, just play. Just play free. Just play the game. Don't put pressure on yourself. Don't try to be anyone else. Just do what you know how to do. Exactly. You don't need to fill anybody's shoes. You just need to play your game. Mm. Do what you know how to... Just be Melina. That's it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I finished the season strong. Um, I did well in serves, you know, and I managed... Because uh, in the first half, like, I wasn't always playing. You know what I mean? Because I think... You know, they brought me in to do something and then I wasn't doing it. So, okay, spot gets snatched, you know, they're going to put somebody else in. Mm. And, um, but I managed, you know, after the, when the second half of the season started, after we finished that, I managed to finish like top 10 in points. Was it top 10? Yeah. And then after that year, um, that was in 2018 when I met you, after I got home from Bibioni, it was go time. So basically what she's saying is any success she's had after Ruby your name. <laughs> Thanks to it's me. It's me. <laughs> oh, after that, after that year, after my first year in Bézier, it was like, I will not allow anybody to doubt me ever mm-hmm. again. I will not doubt myself ever again because I know that I belong in this league. I know that I can play at this league. I know that, I, you know, I, I was, I was built for this, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, it's, it was all here. And yes. so, oh man, that summer is when I started doing, um, I started doing Bikram yoga a couple times per week. Um, okay. I really, uh, every year I'm all, everybody, anybody that knows me, you guys know I train, you know, I train hard, you know, I work hard, but every year I elevated a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I was playing, I was doing, playing sand in the morning at 6am with a group of girls and then go lift later on in the evening time. This uh, summer. Last summer. Last summer. That was the, that was last summer. Yeah. In 2019. And I just really, I changed my mindset and I was just like, you're going to be a top player in the French League. I spoke it. It's like, like I had these goals. I was like, you're going to be the top player. You're going to be the top scorer. You're going to be one of the best servers. You're going to be the top player in France. I, don't I care. love that. Like, I, I, I literally wrote all of those things down. And I love that you say you, you spoke it, you, you sort of like manifested it into existence. As soon as you say it and you start believing it yourself, exactly everything you do, you realize you're working towards that thing yeah. and you won't let yourself off the hook because you're like, no, 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 I said it, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, I love that. That's really, it, and it was all about just, you know, what I was saying to myself and yeah, like Things worked out. I mean, okay, things didn't work out completely because, you know, COVID-19. Um, but, you know, we you were... shall not be mentioned. <laughs> I mean, we were on our way to the final four of yeah. the um, Challenge Cup. 
I personally don't believe I did great in the, like, my personal performance wasn't so great in the Challenge Cups, but it didn't matter. Like, the fact that, like, our team, we performed well enough to make it to the Final Four of Challenge Cup. We were on our way to Olympiacos, and then, boom. Yeah. Everything shut down, COVID. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, last season was, you know, that was my, that was my best season of my career yet in you know playing in a league like this and you know getting those accolades of being the the best outside hitter and the top scorer and then at the top I think I was number three in uh service aces mm. uh just continuing to set set new goals knock them down set new goals knock them down set new goals knock them down and again just self-talk is just so huge mm-hmm. and so um leading up to now, you know, uh, I do need to do some revisiting of goals and goal setting and stuff like that because this is going to be an interesting year. It's going to be a competitive year. We've got most half of a new team. You know, we've got new chemistry that we're building. Um, I did some new stuff over this summer, uh, a little change in my lifestyle a little bit. I do, I do more yoga now. I do more meditation now. I try to eat even more healthier now. Um, and just kind of like my temperament is a little bit better now. Like uh, I used to freak out when Fabian, my coach, when he yells at me like, oh, the beginning, our first year, it was like not good. It, it was not good. But now him and I have like a great understanding. You know, I know how to handle how he speaks and he knows how to handle how to coach. He knows how to handle me as a player and, mm. you know, how to coach me and what works and what doesn't. And so, and yeah. you, So when, when you say you started making these changes, like I, I can literally attest to it because I, I would, you know, obviously we follow each other on Instagram mm. and I, I was following along your your sort of since COVID hit what you were up to. And I would yeah. see you doing much more yoga, much more like you would eat like, yeah, exactly. Like cooking with yeah. friends on, uh. on FaceTime. And then all of a sudden, boom, you disappeared from social media for like right. a month. And I yeah. was like, she must be seriously working on herself. Really? Like, but not even just saying it, like legitimately like took yourself away from distractions and yeah. fi- other things that could take away from just focusing on you. Yeah, I had to do that because like, it just was such a strange time and a strange year. And then also, there was just also some reflection that I was going, that was going on also in my heart and in my mind with, you know, my life in general. My yeah. life as a volleyball player. My life is just Melina. Mm-hmm. My life as a, as a daughter, as a sister, as a, well, now an ex-girlfriend, you know, because I went through a breakup, you know, during just before, a month before the COVID kind of mm-hmm. just ruined everything. So... And this was a very new year for me. Normally, I'm, you know, after the season, I'm going, taking a break somewhere, going traveling. Mm. Then I'm going home to be with my folks. Um, This was a global pandemic that we just, that we're witnessing right now. And it was either, okay, go home, possibly get stuck back in the U.S. And, you know, at that time, you know, we were already quarantined here. The USA hadn't caught up yet. gotten up to speed. I still don't know if they've actually fully caught up yet with what's going on. (laughs) You You guys do know that there's a global pandemic going on, right? Because there are still bars and things open over there. like The coronavirus. It's real. (laughs) It's real. (laughs) Shit is getting real. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, 
I was going through just like, okay, I could go back in the States for sure. Eventually, the, this was at that time, like eventually they're going to quarantine everyone. I won't have any access to a gym. It will be difficult to stay in shape, but I know me, I'm going to find a way, but it's still not the same. It'll be difficult. Yeah. And you were, your whole summer, you were with your physical trainer here, right? Yeah. Like you actually had literally your own personal trainer. He pretty much you and a couple five, of the girls. He was five doors down. <laughs> That's another interesting thing in France, which I had to get used to. In mm. the south of France, especially, in your living situation, sometimes the coaches live in the same buildings as like you. Like next door. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm trying to picture that ever being the case in college. Like, can you imagine your college coach living in your dorms with you? That's Hell no. bizarre. <laughs> But it's so normal here in France, and and, it, and apparently it worked out for the best for you because you, also, you had your own trainer. It was clutch because it's like he had dumbbells, he had kettlebells, he had. Um, did we have a barbell? We didn't have a barbell, but we had we had everything we needed mm. to stay in great shape. Yeah, because again, like it. it no matter what happened, it's like, it's still your response as a professional athlete. It's your responsibility to stay ready at, at all times. I mean, when I was reading, um, I was reading uh, Relentless from Good to Great to Unstoppable by Tim Grover. For those of you who don't know who Tim Grover is, he's the former um, strength coach of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and other greats in, in the basketball world. And other, not just basketball athletes, but other great athletes. Um, so I finally finished that book over the quarantine because I told myself, Melina, you're going to start it, you're going to finish it. <laughs> that was my motto. Spoken into existence. <laughs> Completion. That was my main word, like, throughout right. all the quarantine. Um, and he spoke about, you know, that uh, 2012 NBA lockdown and, like, a bunch of players just kind of like, oh, well, since we don't know we're going to play basketball again, I'm just going to go on vacation. And it's like, after that, there was so many like injuries mm. that happened also in the in the NFL um and it's like I remember Pablo was like Molly there's gonna be a lot of injuries this season because I know for a fact there's a lot of players that didn't take care yeah. for example like we're out there doing stuff for the calves because it's like we need that to jump our Achilles and stuff like that you know yeah, what I mean yeah. you gotta make sure all that stuff is still working you know we've got to do the jumps outside I mean we were working like, I know I hard. saw <laughs> I mean I got in some of the best shape that I think I'd ever been because I was not just doing that I was also doing yoga I was running I remember you guys you posted something it must it was like you you do a sit-up to a jump to a something something oh, else oh yeah and there was a group of us like three of us and we were like oh we're gonna do Melina's workout that. so I sent you a video I of us doing it and you were like doing that. um you forgot to do the jump at the end I was like <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, I remember seeing you guys do that. I mean, it, we were doing super challenging stuff. Yeah. And so then by the time the, you know, the, the virus was over, we got a chance to, you know, really work out again. And then, um, yeah, like stay, like just being here and staying in shape, you know, having access to that and still being with a couple of my teammates, it was the best thing I could have done. Because now, you know, I'm seeing all these girls are having problems getting back. Yeah. And then just also putting, like, my family, my parents, you know, at risk, you know. Yeah, I would have yeah. hated to. I know I'm healthy, but I can't sit here and say that I won't maybe, you know, carry it and bring it back home. Like, that That could have happened. Yeah. And, no, you. I think you made the right choice. And, you know, my life is on this side of the world now. So, 
I kind of just was like, okay, yeah, I can stay. And, you know, then I went to Croatia when everything, when traveling started becoming a thing again. I went to Croatia for a week. I went to Greece for two weeks uh, and then came back. And then it was time for preseason. And now we're here. That's so. what I love about being in Europe. You can go to all these amazing places. Yeah. Literally just, it's, you know, a half an hour flight or an hour drive. Oh, yeah. And you're in a different country and experiencing different people, different food, different culture. Different language. It completely is, different everything. It's so incredible. It's so awesome. I feel like we are so lucky to be able to do what yeah. we do. Yeah. I think, you know, there's... A, there's a there's a way that you can take everything that's going on right now, especially with this virus. Yes. Like, you know, it made me change my perspective in many ways. Um, again, I've always been grateful for the the opportunity that I have. You know, that, that the opportunities that volleyball has given me. You know, to be able to travel and meet different people, uh, see different parts of the world. Um, but yeah, like I just it just made sense to just stay on this side. Um, mm. Did it get hard at some point? Yeah. I do miss my parents. Yeah. It that that got hard for a little bit because I'm like, dang, I haven't been away from them this long and I probably won't be able to see them until December, uh, if we get a little bit of a break. And I got to see them last December, so that will be a year. That's I've Crazy. never been away from my, my parents that long. So, you know, those mo there you're gonna have those moments, you know, but it's like everything always comes back. Like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I'm doing everything I can to take care of myself, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I'm nowhere near where I wanna be yet, but I'm I'm always working towards something. And it's just like being away and, you know, doing the whole quarantine and Shutting myself off from social media from that like, time. Where did you go? I was like getting, I was getting inspiration from all your posts and all yeah. your workouts. And I was like, dang. I needed to <laughs> unplug yeah. so that I could fully dial in to you. like, For sure. you know, dial into Melina a bit, mm -hmm. you know, turn off the outside world. And, you know, I needed to not see everything that was going on because we're in some really hard times right now. And, you know, I was speaking to a friend uh, recently about what it's been like being on this side of the world with um, everything that's going on back at home, whether, you know, with this pandemic, with the upcoming elections, with, you know, the this racial pandemic that's going on, like, it's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy right now. Um, not even just that. I'm from California. California's on fire right now. You know, and you know, my my dad, I, I mentioned on my Instagram recently, my dad works for the California Fire Company. Mm. He's not fire company, sorry, the California Water Company. He used to be a firefighter, he's a retired firefighter, but he's out there on the front lines right now in, in the midst of those fires. So it's like, like I said, it's heavy during this time because it's like, although all these problems back at home, aren't directly affecting me right now because I'm here. They're directly affecting the people that I care about mm. and everybody back at home. So sometimes mentally it's like, dang, why am I so, what makes me so worthy to not have to deal with all of these problems right now? But then it's like, I've worked so hard to get here and I had to be more gracious with myself because there was a moment where I kind of went through a sense of guilt because 
I'm out here enjoying my life. I'm posting. I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things, but it's like back at home, like my city, my area where I'm from, the sky is literally orange. People can't breathe out there. You know what I mean? Like people that, you know, that look like me are getting gunned down. Like, uh, you know, people are dying of this virus, you know, people that I know, people whose family members that, you know, that I know are going through it. So I kind of battled with like, how am I supposed to feel during all of this? And so there's other moments where I'm like, I just, uh, I'm not on social media because I just don't want to see anymore or I don't want to post anymore because I'm exhausted from posting about, you know, somebody else getting, you know, killed by the police or posting another thing about, damn, the Bay Area is literally on fire right now or posting something else about this idiot president or anything like stuff that I'm posting and I'm like, I'm tired. I don't want to post anymore. Mm. Or I'm tired. I don't even want to post a positive picture of me anymore. Like... So that's kind of some of the stuff that I was going through in the last couple of months, emotionally and mentally. But, you know, like at the end of the day, like I am where I am right now and I'm still allowed and deserve to embrace and enjoy where I'm at while also being aware of what's going on around the rest of the world. Like I said, which is heavy. And that's also, you know, I'm aware of that, but I'm also working on how to deal with those kinds of things, you know, with my emotions and stuff like that. And so. it's a balance. It really is. Like, I feel I feel exactly what you're talking about when you say you almost have this guilt for being positive, this guilt for mm-hmm. feeling like things are good because they're obviously not, they're not all, all good. Yeah. But then again, it goes back to what you tell yourself, you know, like some yeah. people, like if you let yourself drown in the negative things... Mm-hmm then you're just contributing to the negativity. There was like a week, there was like a week in training where I just was so out of it because someone else had gotten murdered by the police. Then my dad showed me that message about like, sweetheart, California is not the place you wanna be right now. Like, it's really on fire. This is really getting bad. The air quality is horrible. Like, this is my dad, you know? He's gonna be 61 this year, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that was that was hard, you know? Whether And then I've got some news about, you know, some family members, you know, it's like, I just was like, dang. And I gotta go to training. Yeah. Cause I, I get to play volleyball. I get to, I don't have to deal with this. I get to go play volleyball and do all, you know what I mean? But in my mind, it was just like, I, I, I don't want to do this right now. I wanted to sulk and I wanted to be in my room all that day and not do anything. And I just wanted to feel, mm. but like, I couldn't. Cause you know, this is, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that I do have my job and I do have volleyball to kind of help escape, you know, the reality of things, you For know, sure. which again, I'm aware of how blessed I am because not everybody is as blessed. People can't escape that. Not every not everybody can, you know, escape their reality right now. Some people's reality is they're out there in the middle of that smoke, in that air that you it's super toxic. You got the reality of people who, you know, are in mourning right now, whether if it's the death of the coronavirus or death of, you know, 
the police shootings or riots or any other type of killing going on right now, like people are hurting right now. People are going through shit right now. And as a pure empath, somebody that I know how empathetic I am, I know how heavy stuff hits me. Like it gets hard sometimes, but you know, I'm at where I'm at. I also embrace where I am and I'm just, just keep going. And I keep, I'm, I know what I'm working towards so that, you know, I can, you know, eventually be someone that can, you know, uh, promote change. And there's, there's a lot of projects and a lot of stuff I have that I haven't really spoken about or I haven't posted about anything but i've got a lot of stuff written down a lot of things that i want to do you know back home in my community you know and you know online at some point it's just you know i gotta just do it (laughs) well i I, i'm curious about those things like i'm i feel I, i feel like you're the kind of person that has as soon as you set your mind to something you'll do it you'll achieve it so whatever it is that you have in your head that you think you need to do do it absolutely hey like, if anyone is going to cause, you know, bring around a good change, I feel like it could be you. Really? Yes. Oh, that means a lot. That Seriously. That really means a lot. That means a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that I need to do and set in place in order for, you know, some of these things to come to life. I mean, like I said, you... Uh, do you want to talk about some of them here? Do you, Are they, like, secret? Not top secret, no, but are like they... No, secret. They... Um, okay, one of the things is... Um, Cause you know how speaking it into existence, like right, you did right, this, you right, did this right, to right, me, right, and then right, I had right, to go right, through right. with my with my plans. So now I'm turning the tables on you. Right. <laughs> um, I have a dream of opening up a gym back at home mm-hmm. in my hometown where I grew up. Um, and it's funny. I want it to be, well, oh, like the shape of a track, because I want there to be a track there. Mm-hmm. Um. But I want um, a weight room at the bottom level, the middle level, uh, two volleyball courts, and then the two indoor volleyball courts uh, with some basketball hoops also with the option for people to come and shoot some hoops. And then at the top, um, sand courts. Nice. Like uh, with like a skylight and like everything. Like I've literally drawn it all out. And at that top level is where you've got the upstairs track where people can run it's indoor um where the whole track thing came my mom told me that she used to have a dream of opening up a gym like that so that's kind of where that also came in i was like mom we're gonna do it we're gonna do it one of these days you know and that'll be so cool if you did it together if you kind of took her dream you know molded it into your dream and then did it together yeah and as far as the location which is i'm from richmond california um as far as that, like, you know, there's some tough areas, you know, in, in Richmond. Um, also some areas that are being heavily gentrified, you know, uh, which is also kind of sad. But I want to um, provide a, a facility for not just a, I don't want to open up just a gym. I also want to have a volleyball club. Mm-hmm. I want to have I want to own a volleyball club that's uh affordable yes because when you think about the club volleyball culture in the usa right 
it is so expensive. So many kids write to me and I'm like, I tell them, oh, you know, they'll say, how do I get from where I am to going pro? And I say, well, the first step is you got to join a club. I can't, oh, I it's can't too expensive. It. My family can't afford it. And it really is. It's really too expensive. It's, it's so unfair that it's such a barrier to entry for kids mm-hmm. that could be so talented. And they can't even do it because maybe they can't even, like some kids can't even afford, you know, quality shoes to play in. You know, let alone playing for a club that flies you to different places yeah. around the country, whether it's Junior Olympics or Nationals and stuff like that. Like, you know, so I just I want to provide something like that for, you know, whether if I'm going to have a, a young a girls club and a guys club, you know, so these kids have a chance because there's so be many that don't. Amazing. There's so many that don't because, like I said, their parents can't afford it. And there's only a select few clubs that offer some kind of aid some mm. kind of financial aid or their parents can pay later on or they get half price or whatever but it's like it's still expensive yeah and it's like when you think about the girls that really do make it to play at the d1 university level and then those girls get a chance to you know play for usa or whatever and then they get a chance to go and play pro like these girls are playing for the top clubs yeah quality clubs that cost a lot of money and I'm aware of the privilege that I had that, you know, my my parents were able to do that for me. You know what I mean? Because they saw how much I loved volleyball. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I played for the most expensive club, but like it was still expensive enough to where like a lot of girls couldn't afford that, especially not the girls coming from where I, from where I came from. Yeah, yeah. There aren't many, many volleyball players coming out of Richmond playing for these teams like Golden, well, at the time, Golden Bear, Vision, City Beach. And then they were, these were places where we had to travel. You had to go, had to go for our strength training, had to drive an hour, you know? Wow. So it's like, you know, I just want to, I want to do something different. I want to provide something different, you know? Like, cause who's to say that there's some girl who's jumping out the gym, some girl who can dig everything, but she can't afford to play. So therefore, her shot at playing at a D1 school or, you know, being seen by the national team or having a chance in her future to go play abroad or to play in the new pro league that they've got coming on, that they've got coming up in the USA. Yeah. Who's to say that, like, all because they don't, they can't afford to play club. Those dreams are just shattered. So it's like. Hopefully you can make a change for this. That is one change I can make. And also just like, you know, be an example, you know, in in my community where we have like, you know, we are, uh, there's a lot of minorities where I come from, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of young black girls, a lot of, you know, young Mexican girls. um, And even in uh, San Pablo, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of Hindu people there also. So. Um, it's out in San Pablo and El Sobrani. There's a lot of Indians there and stuff like that. Just there's a lot of girls of color where I come from. Mm-hmm. So it's like to be able to set that example and be a positive image for them and not just for the girls of color, for all girls. Just to say she's a young she's a woman that made it. Mm-hmm. She's a woman that did something. OK, I didn't play USA national team. I'm not an Olympian or anything like that. But like I followed my, my dream. And maybe I didn't know that this was my dream until I was in college, but whatever. Doesn't matter when the dream comes to you, when it comes to you, it comes to you. Mm. You can't decide when that, when it appears in your mind and say, hey, I want to do that. So 
I realized I wanted to play pro volleyball when I was in my early 20s. I'm doing that now. So if there's a young girl who's like, man, I want to be able to do that. It's like, I want to be that girl. It's like, you can do it. This is how you do it. And, you know, I'm going to help you. And if that means that I'm able to provide a, you know, I want to host clinics there. I want to do camps. It's like, you know, I can show you what it's like to train like a professional volleyball player. And this can be in my hometown. That would be incredible. And speaking of if there are, I feel like this conversation has been amazing. And mm -hmm. I, I want to keep going. I feel like we could just keep we chatting keep all night. We could keep going all along, but it's getting <laughs> late. I got practice tomorrow. Yes, true. Yeah. But so just one last thing. If you were to speak to, let's say, one of these young girls that you're speaking talking about or any young girls who want to go and play, play volleyball and they're thinking like, what do I need to do? How do I need to get from where I am to get to where you are? What would you say then? Definitely, like, you know, whatever it is you want to do, like, do research on it, find out who's doing it, and reach out to someone. I don't care how many volleyball, there's so many volleyball players right now doing what I'm doing, doing more than what I'm doing, mm. and you can just write them. In this day and age, you can literally contact anybody. <laughs> you can just write them, and, you know... There are some girls that are afraid to, we were just talking about this today when we're like about human beings, just being yeah. human beings, you know, like, you know, probably some girls hesitate, like, oh, that girl probably never answered me. But there's somebody out there. Like, if you just want to know, like, how do I do this? How do I, how do I go and be like that girl? How do I go and be a professional volleyball player? Like, get in contact with us. We'll share our stories with you. Basically, right like, to either of us right if you want to. to. Us. We'll share our stories with yeah. you, you know, and when it comes to whether you have questions about, you know, if you're really young and you haven't even made it to college yet, it's like, we can talk to you about the recruiting process. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I didn't have help in the recruiting process. And I, any young girl I come across that speaks with me about picking colleges, I always try to teach them everything that I didn't know. Because yeah. I didn't know a lot. Yeah. Trust me. Like, I went on two college visits. Just two. And they were within an hour away. And, like, just because I, I didn't know how to handle the recruiting process. I didn't know what I was doing. And where would you learn that kind of, kind of information anyway? It's not the kind of thing that they teach you in school or necessarily yeah. that you see on TV. Like, you have to know the right people to speak to. In volleyball, for some reason, it's so niche like that. You just have to... Yeah know the right like that and that's the whole point of this yeah. exactly what we're doing right now is i want more people to have more information about the things that we didn't know when exactly. we were in, your, in these shoes exactly because so, it's not as difficult it's not a mystery you just have to you just have to ask, ask. you just gotta exactly. get the information so that's what i'm saying like if there's a young girl and you just you want to know like and ask specific questions just hit dm girls facebook them you know because I mean, that's how girls found out about the agency that I'm working with. They hit me up. Hey, mm -hmm. I want to play pro ball. Like, how do I? I've literally received messages. And I mean, of course, I'm going to respond. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. why not? If I can help somebody in some kind of way, sure. help somebody understand, like, that's going to make me feel good because it's like, you know, I gave out some good information and that may help you be one step closer to reaching your dream. Yeah. So just... Whatever you, you know, whatever you want to know, if you want to do something, like just figure out who you need to talk to, contact them, do it, do whatever you need to do. Yeah. So. For sure.
Yeah. Well, this was awesome. It was awesome. I feel like this was a very good first episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was nervous at the first the first few minutes. I was a little I, bit I think too. We, I think then, we did well. I think I we kind of like flowed, eased into it. Yeah, we flowed into it. So, like, it's nice because it's super organic and we just let it flow. And neither of us, you know, are public speakers or, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know <laughs> podcasters by nature, but I don't know. I feel like this is, this is, this is good. Tell us if it was good. Let us know. <laughs> Leave a comment or a like or whatever it is you do on whatever platform you're watching on. Thank you so, so much. Of course. It's, it's a pleasure. Like, thank you for wanting me on, especially as the first one, like, really Very gets an honor. first. Except there was one just last week, which uh, I don't know if anyone's seen that video yet, but I'll link it somewhere. I did have one guest. She was horrible. But so, Melina, you were amazing compared to her. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Really, this was awesome. Thanks for coming to Bézier. Yes. To see you, girl, and chit-chat a little bit and see a little bit of my house and training and stuff like that, so... Yeah. And there's going to be a video coming out with this podcast showing all of Melina's the behind the scenes. You know, the, we, I went to training a little bit. I went mm-hmm. to the weights this morning, went to her apartment. Um, so if, if there are any things you want to, any of you want to see from behind the scenes, that'll be linked as well if there's a video somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, professional volleyball, it's a good life and we recommend it to anyone. <laughs> I feel like I should have like a sign off or something like, this is the volleyball bubble. You've been listening to The Volley Bubble. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bye, guys. Ciao. Thanks for watching and listening. <laughs> hey, it's Key. If you made it this far, that is amazing. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation. A little sneak peek into the minds of a couple of professional athletes. If you want to help us grow the show, please do subscribe so you guys will be notified when I have my next guest. And if you know any volleyball players that might enjoy listening, go ahead and share it with them or on your social media, tag me and I will be sure to repost it because you're amazing. (laughs) Definitely have a look on the YouTube channel for videos with today's guests and you'll see her team in training, you'll see where she lives and all the quirky, interesting details of life as a professional volleyball player in Europe. Also, if you guys have any suggestions for future guests, leave them in a comment over on YouTube or on Instagram. You can just search BB Key or Key Michael or the Volley Bubble and you should be able to find me. So thanks for listening and I'll catch you guys on the next one.